Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 249. And today, we're going to be talking about seven steps to building a brand and taking over the market. And we're going to build upon what we talked about in episode 248. So if you guys missed that, I would say go back and listen to it because we talked about really markets and how we can serve products to those markets, but also we talked about digital products and physical products and kind of how we can create this hybrid. But what I really want to do is kind of walk you through these seven steps because I think this is more long-term and it's going to give you a bigger picture versus just looking at the product. All right, because when we, we get started, we're, we're thinking about, okay, product, product, product. What's the product? What is it? What can we sell? And that's great, but I think the long term, we want to be thinking about the market. And I want to break down these seven steps to really show you how we can build out this brand and kind of create the different steps to discovering that, to, that market instead of just thinking about the product. Now, let me just say that you know, I know people right now, one of them is uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Dom Sugar. He's been at this for over 15 years. And one of his strategies is to kind of capitalize on a trend and then take that product and sell it, make some cash, and then build, you know, take that money and put it into his his brands that he's building in the private labeling. So it's not saying that it's wrong. It's just saying like there's two different thoughts here. There's two different mindsets and there's two different strategies, right? If you're thinking about this as the long term, that's what we're going to be talking about today. But again, if you see an opportunity, a trend, you can either retail Arbit, online Arbit, or even if you find something that you can quickly turn around and get to market and then cash in on that, then go for it. Right, I'm not saying I wouldn't do that either. Uh, what what I'm saying is, is when we're thinking about that long term, really we want to think about building a brand and what it takes to put into that brand to make it really take over the market. And I say take over the market, again, we talked about this in the last episode, is really how can we niche it down? So we talked about being a guitar player. Well, there's different types of guitar players and there's different things needed for those different types of guitar players. One of them being a classical guitarist or an electric guitarist that plays in a heavy metal band, right? So we've got two different people here. Uh, so we have to speak to them differently and there's different products that could be marketed to them, whether it's digital or physical products. All right. But again, just want to let you guys know that if you're into grab a little cash on a trend, it's okay. You know I mean? That's fine. Now, the other thing I should mention is, I mean, years ago, I say years ago, like three, four years ago, I mean, in internet years, that's like forever ago, right? Uh, but there was a strategy out there that people were building just one website for one product, right? And it's kind of like a niche website, a very, very specific niche website. Uh, Spencer Hawes, who I had on the show, episode 240, which was a great show about building a website, an authority website around a brand, but uh, you know, from nichepursuits.com, definitely go check out his stuff. Uh, he's been at this for a long time, and he you know, talked about teaching this strategy, and he even did this strategy for years, and that was going after that one thing that people were searching for, buying a domain name, and really just focusing on that product. So, for example, if we were looking to just sell garlic presses, that's it, right? We would go after uh, bestgarlicpress.com 
Like we would try to get that keyword because Google's going to help us. They're going to, it's going to rank better because of the, of the keyword is in the, in the URL and it's going to say best garlic press. And when people search for that, it's exact things have changed just like Amazon, right? Google has made some, uh, some updates to their algorithm and all of that stuff. And uh, that doesn't work as well anymore, but not even to say that, like to put all this energy into a website, do we really only want to target that one product or multiple products that can be served to that market? So in this case, if we were wanted to sell a garlic press, we would want to find like the top 10 products that people are buying when buying a garlic press, right? And what type of person is that? Is it Are we going after the professional chef or are we going after the mother or father that's cooking dinner um, every single night of the week, but they want to have good kitchen tools. So we're looking at going after not just the product, but going after the market. All right. But again, I mean, that strategy still works. You can go after just one product. It's going to be a little harder as far as ranking and stuff like that. Nowadays, it's not as easy as it used to be. It's still possible though. If you wanted to build out 10 websites that were, you know, going after, you know, this certain thing and not after the market, you can do that. I would rather take all that energy and put it into a site that's going after a market, just me personally, all right? But again, uh, it's it's another strategy, all right? But here's what the long-term brand building looks like, and I'm gonna cover these in these seven steps, all right? Now, this is just a good exercise to do anyway, so whether you're just starting, whether you are already up and running, like these are still different steps that I would go through and do regardless. All right. So just kind of understand like this isn't just for someone starting. It's for anyone that's just selling or wanting to expand that brand. Or maybe you're already selling on Amazon, but you're not uh, selling on your own website yet. Or maybe you haven't even thought about that side of things. So number one, let's kind of dig right in here. So number one is really, again, like I said, discovering the niche that is buying products. All right. Now, again, we have to think about this, right? How can we, how can we figure out that niche? Now, if you're already selling a current product, get a little bit more specific with that product, right? So figure out who that person is. But before we jump into that, let's talk about like, if we're brand new and we're thinking about how do we figure out a niche? Well, the first thing is I always tell people to look at your touch list or look at your hobbies or look at the problems that you're currently having um, with something. Um, That's a good place to start. Your touch list is really a great place to start as well because when you start to write down everything that you touch on a daily basis, it's going to make you aware of certain things that you wouldn't have been aware of. They're just kind of like common to you because you're touching them, right? Um, Your hobbies, the same thing. I talked about me being a guitar player, that opening up an opportunity to where I was looking at a software that I was using called GarageBand. Then from there, looking at these uh, these, uh, music loops that I was using inside of that program, talking about all the different accessories, picks, uh, guitar stand, uh, strap. Actually, I just bought this for my new, um, I've got a new room that I'm using as uh, kind of like our bonus room. And I've got a couple guitars I'm hanging. So there's a couple of of, uh, these hooks that hang on the wall, your guitar that are padded. Uh, so again, there's all of these different things are coming to me as a guitarist, right? But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't have my touch list, 
well, I, I would have known it because it's my hobby as well. But you see what I'm saying? Like if I touch that, I'd be like, huh, this is, you know, I'm looking at this. Oh, I touched, you know, uh, the, the guitar. I touched, uh, you know, putting the hook on the wall for my guitar. Uh, I touched my amplifier. I, you know, all of this stuff that I touched that day would be on my list. All right. Now you guys that are longtime listeners, you've already heard me talk about that, but I think it's good to do that again. Um, you'll be surprised. Um, just like some, some other ideas like fishing would be, you know, something if you just went out and you went fishing with your, your kids, or maybe you just went fishing cause you enjoy it. You're fishing, right? Well, that's a market guitar. I just talked about that cooking, uh, golf model trains, uh, scrapbooking, like all of these different things are markets. And this is how we can discover that niche. Now, again, depending on if you're already selling something, look and kind of reverse that back and look and see what your market is. And can you niche that thing down? Right? Can you tailor that to a, a part of that market, not just the entire market? Um, the other thing could be if it's a product based. So let's say, for example, you have a vacuum cleaner and uh, you have parts that you have to buy replacement parts for that vacuum cleaner. Maybe it's a new roller on the bottom of it, uh, or maybe it's a filter, or maybe it's a uh, a new hose, or maybe it's an attachment or whatever. Right? That's a vacuum. That would be a product based. Um, a blender. Another example. I've got a Vitamix. I know they're pretty expensive, so I know people that spend money on a Vitamix. Uh, they're pretty serious about their shakes and they're willing to spend some money. So maybe I have, uh, this is a great, actually an example of a blender. Uh, this kind of, this just kind of came to me as I'm sitting here going through my notes. But, uh, if you have a blender, we talked about digital products and physical products. If you have a blender, you're not selling a blender maybe, but you're selling accessories for that blender. Maybe you come up with something new that helps you, uh, measure your certain ingredients for the blender, but it's really high quality for a Vitamix, uh, you know, person like my myself, uh, or maybe now you offer certain, you, you get with a nutritionist and you come up with these certain, uh, smoothies that you can use within the Vitamix. And now you can use that as a digital download, or you can use that as a digital product, or maybe an ebook or a Kindle book. If you guys didn't listen to the last episode, that's why I'm referencing back to that. Um, I talk all about that. So again, just an example, as I was going through this hot tubs, uh, you know, just another example. I mean, hot tubs needs maintenance. I know cause I, I own one, uh, you know, you've got chemicals, but I wouldn't say sell the chemicals, but I would say, uh, on the hot tubs, you could sell filters. Uh, you could sell the steps that go up to them. Uh, you can sell a cover. Uh, you can sell all of those different things, right? You can skimmer. Uh, you can sell a little um, handheld suction type of vacuum that gets the dirt out of the bottom. Um, so all of these different things people need for hot tubs. There's also things that you might need um, to hook up the hot tub. There, there's a circuit panel. Uh, you know, again, these things aren't sexy, but these are products that could be that could be potential products inside of a product based, uh, you know, market. Okay. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, so we're looking at hobby stuff like fishing, guitar, cooking, golf, model train, scrapbooking, that type of stuff. But we also have products or markets that are around product based, uh, you know, different, different, uh, markets are, are in, inside of those. So just want to give you more examples on how you can discover a niche. Uh, or niche, depending on where you're coming from. I know Dom Sugar from, uh, uh, he's, he's Canadian, so he's niche. Um, I'm niche. Uh, I don't think it matters. Uh, market. Uh, <laughs> all right. But the other thing is, is the number one question, okay, the number one question that I think all of us should be asking is, can you create a product line in this market? Okay, let's say that again. Number one question, can you create a product line in this market? 
That's a huge question. The product line could be a mixture of digital and physical products or just physical products. That's fine. But you got to ask yourself, does it lend itself to this stuff? If it does, on to step two, right? That's really right now, we're looking at all the signs and all the different things in that discovery phase. But on number two is where we're going to really discover our ideal customer. And that is step two here, okay? So how do we discover that ideal customer? Well, number one, if you're that customer, you already know that one because it's you, right? Now, if you're going after a market that you're not into, but you kind of just want to go into it because you see that it's a great market, that's fine. But you have to then be able to tap into someone else that's in that market. I used my son as an example in the last episode talking about him training for baseball and basketball, right? I hired a trainer. Well, that trainer could be my expert that I'm going to tap into, right? That I'm going to be able to, to discover my ideal customer, right? So I might ask them questions. Hey, can I have an hour of your time? You know, I'll buy you lunch or can I have an hour of your time? I'll pay you 50 bucks or whatever, right? And then you just figure out what is their ideal customer. Uh, you know, I, I'll give you another example. If I was going to go into selling pest control uh, type stuff, my, uh, my wife's cousin, they own a pest control company. Guess what? I sit down, I have dinner with them and I say, tell me all of the top questions you guys get from a homeowner in the pest control business. Like, what is it, right? I would make a list of those. I might have them as an expert. Um, but anyway, I'm hiring them or I'm, I'm getting into the minds of the ideal customer. Who is it? Okay, and really having a vivid picture of who this is, but also an extensive amount of data as far as what their pain points are, what their what their uh, excitement is for, like all of these different things, because we want to know what makes them move. We want to know what makes them want to search for something. Right now, another way you can do this is just go to our our good friend Facebook and start looking at Facebook fan pages or start searching for groups right? Get involved in these pages, get involved in these groups. The data is right there, right? Another big one is go to some of the products that you're thinking about could be a potential fit and look at the Amazon reviews, Amazon reviews of the customers who have purchased this product. It's going to give you a great idea of who that person is, who is, is the other person on the other end buying the product? What's their languaging? Uh, you know, all of that. Okay. Um, another place is go to bigger websites that are in your market that are selling similar products. Look at their reviews on their e-commerce site. A lot of the bigger players have review systems because they know how powerful it is on their own e-commerce site. Look at theirs, look at forums, believe it or not, forums are still out there. Use those. Okay. And then make a list of potential products by also reading and seeing what other people are talking about, what people are excited about, what people are complaining about, or, hey, I purchased this to use for, you know, I don't know, a business meeting. Well, now you know that you're, that this product that you're looking to go into is for business people because they're buying it for business related stuff. All right. Um, the other little tip here for you is also, if you're looking at Amazon or even on an e-commerce site that has this feature built in, you know, frequently bought together. Look at that. And that's going to help you discover the type of products that are being offered to this ideal customer. Okay. So that's number two, discovering who your ideal customer is. All right. Now that doesn't mean it has to be just one person, but to start, you should start with an avatar of that person. Like how old are they generally, you know, between what and what, you know, figure that out. Uh, and then this way here, you can, you can create different products and different messaging in your content when you get that far, uh, you know, in this process that you're going to be able to really, uh, pull in the right customer. Okay. Now, step number three 
is look at Google Planner. You look at that tool. It's right inside of your uh, of your AdWords account. It's free to sign up. It's a Google Planner tool. It's like a, it used to be called Google Keyword Tool. Now it's called Google Planner Tool. Um, and also look at Google Trends. All right. By typing in your keyword, you're going to also see a lot of data around that keyword or that market. Okay. And then you want to look at the keywords. Okay. That Google Planner gives you. And then what it's going to do is it's going to probably give you a good sense of the market by other searches that are related to that one search. Okay. Google is all about relevancy. If you put in garlic press, it's going to give you a whole bunch of things around garlic press, right? So this may give you other ideas for products just by looking at this or some pain points or some things that people are searching, uh, you know, for to use the product. Again, this is a way for us to understand the niche that we're thinking about going into the market the ideal customer that's going to be buying the product and then being able to see exactly how to message those people when we're doing it through our copy, whether that's in our Amazon listing, whether that's in our e-commerce store, whether that's in an email uh, form, whether that's in an email follow-up, whatever it is, it's going to help us communicate better and also give us a sense of the market. Another great resource is eBay. eBay, again, is a buyer's search engine, okay? So look at, again, frequently bought together, uh, you know, look at, uh, you know, the different, uh, you know, the different uh, feedback that they're getting on a listing. Uh, you also want to look at magazines, okay? If you go into uh, a supermarket, you're gonna see magazines there still. They're still there, they're there, all right? So the magazine is a market or a niche, okay? And then from there, you can see the ads that are being placed inside of there. You can also see the topics that are being discussed, all right? Uh, big box stores, go into a big box store and see all of the different categories in that market. If you're selling a garlic press, you're going to go down the kitchen aisle. If you're going to sell in, uh, you know, stuff uh, for accessories for uh, vacuums, well, you're going to go down the, the home, the home uh, section there with the vacuums and that type of stuff, right? The dust busters and all of that stuff, the cleaning tools, the household goods, whatever, right? So... That's what you would do. Again, it takes work, but this is how you can really understand that market that you're going into. So moving forward, it's going to be that much easier. All right. So number four, step number four is taking that data and the information that we've already that we've already received. And now this is where you can create some helpful content. Okay. And this is where a blog comes in handy or a website. And then you can start posting how to's. Okay, because now you know what your market is using it for or using the products for or struggling with. And now you can you can answer those questions. And if it's not you, you find the answers for them and you put them on this resource. Okay. Frequently asked questions. That's another section that should be on that blog or that website. Again, knowing what the frequently asked questions are is by you doing the research and then understanding that market. Okay. Using Google again, using the Google keyword planner tool to see what people are searching for. You can see the search volume there. You can see, you know, uh, how competitive it is. If you were going to do any, any ads for it. Another great tool from my good buddy, uh, you know, Spencer Hawes is Longtail pro from nichepursuits.com. Another great resource too to, to kind of learn a little bit more about, you know, figuring out, the different long tail keywords that people are searching for because it's easier for you to then rank for these, but also it gives you a little bit more precise 
you know, search terms that people are looking for. And again, rem- remember, if if we're just putting garlic press up and we get ranked for it or we get people that, that find us, that's great. But what if we had like stainless steel garlic press six inches, right? Like if we had that one and we knew that it had good volume and then we were able to target that precisely, it's going to be that much more uh, related to that search. And then that person that's looking for it is going to say, that's exactly what I was looking for. So it's so much more relevant rather than just garlic press. Okay. Uh, and so, so that would be, you know, going and, and using a tool like Longtail Pro or just using Google Planner. Uh, Merchant Words is another one um, you can play around with. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a few of them out there. Um, you could also hire a VA, a virtual assistant, go to upwork.com and say, hey, I want you to go and look into this market for me. I want you to find the top 10 questions that are asked. And I want you to also find 10 things that they should know that they're not asking in this market. And that's all you want that VA to do. You might spend 100, 200, maybe even 300 bucks to have that done, but it's going to be so worth it because that can also help you create content, okay? Because now if you're able to get that content created, now you have different resources that people are going to be able to find, they're going to be able to use, and then from there, it's going to help them want to buy through you through that process. You're not just saying like, hey, I sell this, buy this, right? It's like if you sell guitar accessories and you're just like, you know, here I sell guitar straps, right? But if you had lessons teaching your ideal customer how to play certain songs that that customer is into or certain chords or certain exercises, and then you have guitar straps that you sell, there's a better chance of them buying through you because you've given them value. It's just the way it works. All right. So that's another, uh, just a little tip there for you. Uh, but Amazon pay-per-click data, if you've already been selling a product in this market, you've got that data. Okay. So you're going to have some there. And that's a great place to start because then you can kind of say, wow, there's a ton of information, a ton of impressions around these search terms. I should probably create some content around them because then I could also get found on Google or Bing or Yahoo as I'm punching this out. Or if you get people in on an email sequence, you can then give them this information and that helps them along in this sales process, okay, in creating your sales channel, all right? And now moving on to step five, okay? Five is really finding where they hang out. Now, we've kind of already done this, okay, and that's why I'm kind of coming back to it, but it is step five because here's the deal. If you've just went after a few Facebook pages or a group or something, this is where you really want to spend time and just find all of the, the, not just big ones, but the more direct ones, the ones that are more really specific on your topic, okay? And that, like I said, it's Facebook fan pages, the groups, the forums, the podcasts, YouTubes, Instagrams, Pinterest, because now what you can do is you can reach out to those admins, not just the audience, and then you can start to help them bring more value to their community. And that's where you can create, uh, you know, different resources that you could give them. Or if you have a product already that's selling, you could offer to give that away for a contest or any of that stuff. But this is where I kind of call, call this our pond. This is where we're finding the pond where we're going to fish. All right. So this is where you need to find out where they're hanging out. And we're going to call this our pond of people that are really, really related to our market, okay? And again, Facebook pages, groups, forums, podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, and I'm sure there's more, right? So just find out 
where the bigger players are, not just bigger players, the more, I guess I would say, the more uh, precise, the more directly related to your market, those are the ones that you want to go after. And again, create this relationship with the admins, but then also be aware of what your market is wanting by looking at these different platforms. And that is where we call this our pond that we're going to be fishing in. All right. So now moving on to step six, we've, we've found the pond, right? We've got this nice big pond, but now we got to, we got to put something out there that's going to attract our ideal customer. So this is like the bait for the fish, right? And again, we're going to need to figure this stuff out. And by doing the research that we've already done and finding out what the how-tos are or the FAQs, like what is the big thing? What are the top 10 asked questions that people are struggling with that they need the answers to that you can then deliver? Okay. And that's going to really be your bait. Now there's different things that you can use. And I'll just give you a couple examples here. You can do a free checklist or a cheat sheet or a guide that helps them. So again, if we're talking, if we're talking about fishing, it could be a checklist for, you know, 10 things you need to know about, uh, you know, whatever fishing for walleye. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Right. And then you can say, download our checklist to make sure that you have everything for the next time you go out, something like that. I'm sure there's a better way to frame that, but that's totally off, uh, off the fly there. Uh, then we've got like a cheat sheet. Like I said, like, you know, a cheat sheet, people always like to, to see like, okay, what's this quick little guide that's going to give me on how I can either catch fish, uh, you know, faster, or they're going to bite better or, uh, or maybe even it could be a guide on, you know, the, the 10 things you need to know before purchasing that expensive fishing rod, um, or a certain style of fishing rod or something like that, right? You get the idea, something useful that they want. And the way that you're going to know that is by looking at all of the different things that we did in step four, where we're going to be able to find out the how to's, or we're going to hire that VA that's going to get us those top 10 questions or the 10 things that they should know, um, that type of stuff. The other one is a free plus shipping offer. Now, what this could be is if you have a physical product or maybe you have a physical product and then you say, you know what, I'm going to create something that's really inexpensive that I can give away for free and just have them pay shipping and handling. And then on the back end of that, we can go ahead and we can sell them our main product or our some of our products in our product line. Um, that would be a free plus shipping offer. Um, in the supplement world, it kind of works like you get one bottle free um, plus, you know, just pay shipping. And then after that, you might get a sales uh, bump or an upsell that says, you know, hey, uh, you know, if you want to receive 50% off two bottles, uh, you know, click here. And then they can go ahead and buy two bottles for the price of one, something like that. Um, contest uh, to do a giveaway. That's another great way to be able to put out, again, some value, some bait, as we call it, to get people in that we want, in, that we know that are interested in our products or in our brand. A contest is a great way to do this. Um, I go back to my buddy, uh, Mike Jackness. Uh, he did this with the coloring pencils slash coloring books, where he gave away coloring pencils for the adult coloring uh, market. And from there, he was able to generate a huge amount of buzz and get a ton of email subscribers and then give away one set that was the cost of, of acquiring those leads. And then he also was able to, to kind of recoup some of his money through a Facebook ads by offering a special discount to anyone that didn't win in that contest. That's another great way. But again, we have to know what our customer wants, period. If we know what they want, it's going to be that much easier to give them the, the bait that, that's going to attract them, right? And I know it sounds kind of weird, right, the bait, but it's true. We want to attract them. 
okay? We want to attract them because if we do, there's a good chance that we're going to be able to give them value up front and get them excited and then possibly buy. And again, that could be a free checklist. That could be a cheat sheet. That could be a guide. It could be a free plus shipping offer. It could be a contest to give away the product. And then on the back end of that, you can start educating them through some of your content you that you've created. So there's all of that stuff, but we need to know where they're hanging out in step five, but then we need to know what is going to really attract them and get them to want to engage with our content or opt into our email list or any of that stuff, right? But that's step six. And the final one really kind of goes hand in hand with everything that we just talked about, but that's really creating your basic sales funnel for your products, all right? Now, if we did everything through step you know, one through six, step seven is gonna kind of all come together, all right? And really, it comes down to Again, knowing what, what they want and then giving it to them, but then creating that. It's one thing to, to know all that stuff, but then if we can create our own basic sales funnel for our products, now we have something that we can control and it's not just dependent on Amazon, okay? Now again, if we got both of these running, that's a beautiful thing, right? We've got Amazon running, we got that whole thing. We might even be on uh, you know, Jet.com, Walmart.com. We might be on uh, Etsy. We might be on eBay. We might be on all these other channels, which is great. But now we also have our own channel. And this here, we can control, okay? Because now we can control the ads that we're showing in Facebook or maybe on Pinterest or maybe on Instagram or any other media buy that we wanna do because now we have the components to create a funnel, a sales funnel for our ideal customer. Okay, and again, I'm just gonna give you a couple examples. A free offer. The free offer might be like, right now we're doing giveaways for our Amazon businesses, right? I mean, most of us are. Well, a basic funnel for that would be giving your product away through a Facebook ad for a dollar or $2, whatever it is, capturing the email address, giving them a one-time use code, and now they're gonna buy through Amazon. Like that's a basic funnel that's still going through Amazon. So if you're doing that, it's a great way for you to then build that email list on the side, okay? But you can also do this if it was just driving people to your own website with the same free offer, okay? Or it could be a free plus shipping offer, a little bit more advanced, but that would be, here, receive this free, get the discount code, and then on the back end of that, we can then show them another product that's similar to the one that they just purchased that complements it, and then offer a discount on that, or maybe the one product that you gave them, it warrants giving them a three-pack, and then saying like, well, you just bought one for a dollar, we gave you that great deal, or free, uh, here's an offer for three of them that normally sell for $29.95, you can get it today for just $17.87. I don't know, I just threw that number out there. You get what I'm saying, right? So that's another basic sales funnel um, that could then recoup some of your ad spend, but then also get buyers in the door. Um, and then the, the thing is here though, on, on, on this step right here, you need at least one product obviously to sell, but it's better if you have two or three. And again, if you're just getting started and you have that one product, think about what would be a really cheap, inexpensive front end thing that you could give away for free, still valuable, but then could go and, and work hand in hand with your, your more expensive product. It's another thing to maybe think about.
Okay. Because again, if you can do that, then you can just buy that, you know, that, that item for a dollar that you're buying and it, maybe it's valued at $15, but you're giving away for free plus shipping. And then on the back end of that, you're going to be able to give them your product, um, at a discount or maybe just at full price. Uh, so again, there's some different things that we can do here in step seven and we're just scratching the surface, but everything I just covered there, it gives you the full picture of kind of like the different steps and the different phases of figuring this all out. Now, whether you're just starting on Amazon or whether you're selling, you've been selling for a year or two, um, these are definitely things that you still can tap into and then branch out and start to communicate you know, with your market and learn more about your market so you can then roll out more products to them and give, give them more value with content and all of that stuff. So let me just kind of run you guys through really quickly on how that free contest would work again. So here's just an example, okay? Because I know a lot of people say, Scott, I'd like you to break that down a little bit more in detail. So here's how it would work. Let's say we had an ad that said, win a free $100 fishing pole. Big letters, you see the fishing pole, it's beautiful. You see the reel, it's beautiful, right? So number one, step one would be to run Facebook ads Again, targeting the pond that we're targeting, right? That has the fish in it that we know that we want to catch, uh, right? I mean, let me just kind of go back to that analogy. If I was going to a pond that didn't have any, uh, let's see, any catfish in it, why would I go there to fish for, why would I go there to try to catch a catfish? I'd, I'd go there to that pond if they were maybe, you could catch uh, maybe a bass, uh, you know, largemouth bass, then I would say, yeah, that's where I'm going. I'm not going to go to the pond that doesn't have the fish that I, that I want to catch in it. I hope that makes sense. And I'm sure it does. So I'm going to move on. So again, it's really important though, to, to go after the pond where the people are hanging out, the area where people are hanging out. So run Facebook ads to though, or from those different groups or those different fan pages, right? Those different types of people to target those people. We're going to send them to a landing page with that offer, the same offer that they seen in the ad, win free hundred dollar fishing pole, right? Step number two on that landing page is going to be enter your name and email address to win, right? You're also going to have details on there. This is kind of step three here, select the winner after seven days. Okay. And you may even want to have on your thank you page to say, after they submit their name and email address, say, hey, thanks so much. You know, we're gonna be announcing this on August 28th at, you know, four o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So stay tuned and we'll, you know, let you know uh, if you're the winner, something like that, right? So again, giving them a, a, a time is important because then that'll make people think that it's coming up, it's soon, not like it's gonna happen in a month from now. I'd keep it within a seven-day period. Four, you're gonna then email the winner once you pick the winner. Obviously, you want to let them know you won. You're going to give them a $100 fishing pole, all right? Now, five, you're going to email the non-winners with a 20% off discount. You're going to say, hey, sorry you didn't win. I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time to enter, and I know that you're, uh, you know, you're an avid, you know, fisherman or, you know, you're an avid, I don't, how would you say if you're a fisher woman? Maybe you're still a fisherman. Uh, not quite sure on that one, but you enjoy fishing. Uh, so you would say, you know, uh, what we want to do here is because you took the time to do that, we want to extend a 20% off discount on any of our products or maybe just on this particular product um, and uh, just, just to say thank you. So have an awesome day. If you have any questions, let us know. Take care. Bye. Boom. Done. That's it, right? Then Six, step six, is email three days later after the contest has ended, after you've offered them the 20% off discount, and follow up with some really good, valuable content. Maybe this one here is going to be the top five bass fishing tips in 2016, 
right? Your top five bass fishing tips. You're going to give them that. They're going to open it up. Why are they going to open it up? Because you know that your target market is looking to go and fish for bass or if it's, you know, trout or whatever it is, right? It's going to be because you've done your research, okay? Step seven is email five days later after that, after that last email with another piece of content that's going to say how to clean your fishing pole in less than 10 minutes. Again, if we've done our research, we know that our, you know, our market has these high-end fishing poles. If you have a high-end fishing pole, you probably want to clean it certain ways. I'm not sure of this. I'm guessing, but I'm just saying it makes sense, right? If you spent $100 or $200 or $300 on your fishing gear, you probably want to find out a way to keep it good and preserve it, right? Maybe there's certain chemicals you shouldn't put on your fishing pole because it could make it weaker over time. It could break it down or whatever, right? So just be creative, but think about Think about, again, what you've learned through this research phase of your ideal customer, all right? And then basically, you're just going to create an autoresponder inside of MailChimp or Aweber or, uh, you know, any, any different uh, autoresponder that you want to use, and you want to create 30 to 45 days of content. Now, not every day. You're going to spread that out maybe every few days, but what I like to do is a ratio between like three to one or four to one, and what that basically means is for every every email that you send out, you want to send three pieces of content, okay, that gives value, and then the, the next one, the fourth one, would be a pitch, okay? That's usually a good balance. Now, that doesn't mean in all three of those that you give out, you know, maybe you point them to a blog post, you can't mention your product in there. You can subtly, and you might naturally do it anyway. Like if you mention your fishing rod, you might put a hyperlink that goes over to your fishing rods page. And then at the, and maybe at the very bottom, you say, go ahead and, you know, check out our store today or something like that. Right? So you're, you're naturally wrapping the content around your products without really coming out and saying, go check out my products. You're giving value in the blog post, but then at the end or even throughout it, you're able to link over to your products. But in that fourth one that you're going to send in your auto responder, that one could be a direct pitch. Hey, we've got a 25% off sale on all of our fishing products this weekend only, something like that. And it goes out on a Friday. Boom. There you go. And it's automated. So this, again, you lead people in through the content, through the bait that you got them to sign up because you were looking at the pond that you were fishing at and you knew the bait. And then from the bait, you were able to get people to opt in. And when you get people to opt in, they get into your email sequence. In the email sequence, you have, you know, creating value. Then you have pitches that are being in there. So you can kind of see how the whole thing works. This is the true way, in my opinion, of building a business. And a lot of it can be automated. So this can be running behind the scenes. And then all your job is, is to go out and find out new ponds to fish in. That's it. That's all you got to do. All right. Because again, once we figure out what our ideal customer wants, it's that much easier to attract them. And it's that much easier to give them what they want. So they move through the process. All right. So I can't stress that enough. All right. Now, again, there's a possible digital product here. Okay. And let me just kind of throw this out here again, just kind of coming off the top of my head. All right. But if you were doing this in this fishing market, right, guess what we could probably have a monthly newsletter of fishing tips from the top, uh, fishermen in the Northeast or something like that. Right. Or you have an expert interview with a professional, uh, you know, fisherman, or something like that, right? And maybe you charge $9.95 a month for that, right? And you can have a yearly subscription. It's a digital magazine in a sense. Like, again, 
I talked about this in the last episode about digital products. There's always ways that we can think about how can we add additional value to our customer. That's number one. And number two, how could we create a revenue stream from that? Again, we could have a Kindle book that we talked about in episode 248, the untapped opportunity in digital products and physical products combined, right? A Kindle book could be maybe the phishing tips, and then you could offer that to them um, as they go through that, uh, you know, that autoresponder or through your sales channel. So again, guys, I went a little bit longer on this one. I uh, didn't intend to. I figured this would be about a 20 minute or maybe a 30 minute at most. But there's a ton to cover here because, again, when we're thinking about like the long term, these are things that I think about. And if I was if I was coaching one on one, which I don't do, this is what I'd be looking at. I'd be looking at like, all right, you're coming here with this, uh, you know, with this business already created. This is what we got to look at. Okay, you're coming to me with no business. Then this is where you start, right? So it's kind of like going through all of these different these different steps needs to be done whether you're starting or whether you're already selling, I think it's very, very important to understand this process and really see how to build a big, I say big, a bigger brand than just having like one product that you can sell on one platform. So hopefully this has been helpful. I know I covered a ton. I probably should recap here real quickly. One, discover a niche that is buying products. Two, discovering your ideal customer. Three, Use a tool like Google Planner or Merchant Words or Google Trends to discover different keywords that they're searching for, but more importantly, what they're searching for. Um, looking in uh, places like eBay, uh, Etsy, magazines, big box stores. Look at your Amazon pay-per-click data. Like, Look at the data that's already out there that you can then get a better grip on your market. Four, create helpful content. Again, using a blog or a website works really well uh, for this. You know, creating the how-tos, the FAQs. Um, again, hiring a VA to get the top 10 questions uh, that are asked answered and put them into content or the 10 things that they should know. Maybe some videos. Five, finding where they are hanging out. Where is the pond or where are the ponds that I can go fishing in to find my ideal, you know, customer? Uh, and then six, what bait are we going to use once we find the pond? What is it that they want? What is it that they're attracted to? And then seven, create a basic sales funnel for your products. And then really, it's it's all about continuing to understand your market so you can continue to give them more of what they want. It's really that simple. And I know... It's not simple as far as putting it all together, but if you break this down and if you chunk it down like anything, it's going to be that much easier for you to do. Now, you guys know that I just covered a ton. I'm going to have all of this in the show notes or the transcripts or both. Um, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 249. You can find all of those over there. The links that I talked about, everything is going to be over there. This is probably going to be one you're going to want to download the transcripts for because there's a lot I covered here and uh, I think it's very very, very valuable because it's kind of like a roadmap for you to take and, and apply to your current business or a business that you're just starting. And I think for the long term, the long haul, this is what I'm looking at. And it's what I've always looked at going all the way back to when I first got started here online just over nine years ago. So 
uh, it hasn't really changed other than there's different ways that we can uh, we can discover this information. So guys, that's it. That is pretty much going to wrap up this episode. Again, remember the show notes, the transcripts can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 249. I only ask one quick favor today. If you found this valuable or any of my other episodes on the podcast, do me a favor and share it. Uh, share it with, with people that you think that would get value from this information. I really am a believer of paying it forward and, and helping as many people as we can, you know, create a business that can allow them to live the life that they want to live and also help other people put more good into the world as far as, uh, as, as a brand, because that's really what you should be thinking about is like, how can we create a resource for people to go when they're looking at buying products in this space, whether it's a guitar player, whether it's a scrapbooker, whether it's a golfer, right? Think about it that way. And I'm telling you, it'll be a lot easier and it'll feel really, really good as well. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.